Hey there, restaurant pros, it's Dave Scott Peters and welcome to episode 89 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003 and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom of your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today, Brandon Anderson. With 12 plus years of restaurant experience working his way up from line employee, shift lead, assistant manager to general manager, Brandon has experienced a lot his restaurant life. He's worked for several corporate restaurants until ultimately landing at the original Black's Barbecue in New Braunfels, Texas, where he found his passion for his this high-volume, 93-year-old, family-owned and operated barbecue business. As a part of my program, you must have an implementer, someone who will learn with you, but implement and actually do the work. Brandon was that exact person. And it can only tell you his future is bright. Listen in our conversation as Brandon shares his implementation journey, the challenges faced and lessons learned, but also what a great implementer looks like. I wanna welcome Brandon Anderson to the show today. But first, a word from our sponsor. We all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and invoices to show you food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Go to www.marginedge.com forward slash DSP to learn more and schedule your demo today. Brandon, I wanna thank you so much for doing this with me today. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm excited to have you. Uh, we just spent some time together in Vegas at my two-day seminar, and we've spent damn near six months together on group coaching calls on a weekly basis. So I'm really excited to bring you on because you're bringing the implementer perspective to the program and the changes that you make in your restaurant. Do me a favor. Tell people a little bit about your background, yourself, and the restaurant you're working at. So I started out in the restaurant industry it, at Starbucks. Everybody laughs at me, but that was my first introduction to the restaurant industry. Moved from there, went to a, I would call it a, it was a fast food chain, but it was a barbecue restaurant in San Antonio that had 80 something stores. Worked my way up from a staff member to assistant general manager. Um, left the restaurant industry for about a year, tried something else, didn't like it. Um, ended up coming back and that's where I landed at Black's Barbecue. Uh, been here for about three years, going on four years in January and I'm loving it ever since I've started uh, working for them. And Black's Barbecue is not small. You've got, is it four locations now? I'll work on the fifth? And yeah, eight... we've got four locations. Um, we're in talks on a fifth, but not sure yet. Um, and, you know, they've been around for 90 plus years, so they've got the name recognition behind them. I mean, that's probably one of the coolest parts about working for them. That's awesome. 
And and really high volume. Like you guys kick ass. I mean, a lot of people think high volume. You guys are crushing it on a daily basis, which brings all of its own other challenges. How do you keep up with product and purchasing and all the people and the cleanliness and all these things? It's it's a regular restaurant on steroids. It would be the best way for me to describe it to someone. Do me a favor. Talk to me a little bit about what life was like for you, your role and what you did on a daily basis before Barrett brought you into the program. Barrett is Barrett Black is the is one of the owners of the business and, and brought you into this program when he made the decision to do so. So you didn't have a choice. Your choice was either to become the implementer or not. Talk about your life. What did it look like as you as a restaurant manager before the program? So being a restaurant manager for Blacks, whenever, before we started this program, I hate to say it this way, but it was really easy. Like I would come in and I would feel kind of just like I was a, a, an overpaid shift lead because yeah. we were just basically just babysitting the employees. I mean, we've got a 90 years worth of experience in the restaurant industry. And we had like our way that customers would order, our staff was trained properly, the hot food hot, cold food cold, store was clean. You know, we'd get great scores on our health inspections. But other than that, we weren't really doing anything as managers. My background, I was used to doing, you know, P&Ls, profit and losses um, per month, per week, per day. Uh, we would take inventories at uh, 10, 30, 2, 5, and 7. So when I transitioned to be a restaurant manager here, it was almost to the point where I was like bored. And I would try to come up with things where I was like, man, how are we doing this month? What are we looking at? I don't know. They don't. It's not that they wouldn't tell me if we were doing good or if we were doing bad. It's just they didn't want to bother us with that information because they thought they had to do it all themselves, um, which I wasn't used to. So, you know, before the program, I, that's what I would say is I was kind of just a glorified shift lead and where I'd watch everybody put in my manager code for discounts. And, and that's about it. Did you find that other managers felt the same way or because you came from a background of doing more? Like the, did the long-term managers kind of like, Hey, don't rock the boat, leave it alone. Don't try and add more work. This is just fine. Or were they in the, in the same spot? Man, I wish we knew a little bit more. I wish we did more. What was that culture like? Um, a few of them were like that. Um, I will say we went through a few managers at the store that I'm currently the general manager of. Um, but the sentiment for those who had been in the restaurant industry before was we're kind of bored we know that we're kind of just glorified shift leads. The ones that maybe came through that didn't have any restaurant experience and maybe came from retail or, you know, came from a different industry altogether, they were like, man, this is kind of cool. I've never worked for somewhere that was so relaxed and so chill, but they didn't typically last very long or whatever the case was. Um, but for those of us that had grown up in the restaurant industry, it was kind of the same sentiment where it was like, man, you know, we're not really doing this. We're not really doing that. And I wonder how much better we could be doing if we were doing this. And, and, so and we had those conversations. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, because a lot of times you, you heard, you know, owners on the group coaching calls where they talk about, um, I'm worried about pushing my management team or asking them to do more, where in some respects, I, you just came from the two day seminar. And so, you know, that I told all the manager types in the, in the room that, you have an incredible opportunity to learn how to run a business versus babysit the idiots. 
Like by th while I suck, I create work. By the time you're done, you're more valuable personally. You're more valuable to the restaurant you're working for. You're more valuable to your career path, whether it's with the current place or a different place or your own place or a completely different industry. And it's, it's really a mindset thing to say, how do I frame this work that's going to come my way? And now it's nice that you wanted to, and it's nice that Barrett recognized it in you, but you became a very specific person in my program we call the implementer. Somebody I say who gets shit done. And it really is to the, to the basics. But I'm gonna describe an, a, a little bit about who an implementer is and how you exemplify that. Cause I'm, I'm gonna brag a little bit about you cause that's the reason why I brought you on here. And that is this, an implementer loves the company and, and believes in the direction they're going. They fit core values. An implementer wants to learn. An implementer wants to do more. An implementer can start and finish a damn project. Like if you watch most of the, the, the entrepreneurs, the restaurant owners on the group coaching calls, it's shiny objects, the next thing. I wonder, and we'll work on marketing or the next menu idea and so on. But to do the same thing every single day, let alone start and finish a project can be a challenge. Well, implementers go straight down, straight line, get it done. More importantly, they're able to train others and with help hold people accountable. So here we are, Barrett brings you into this, this program. You've been chosen as the implementer. And I think we had a second implementer uh, didn't, didn't quite take it on quite as strongly as you, I think it'd be a, a, a reasonable thing to say, but you really took the ball and ran with it. You believed in the concept, you believed in everything, you know, you wanted to be a part of it. You wanted to learn, you kicked ass, started and finished projects. It didn't mean that you didn't get behind at certain times, but I can remember Barrett went on vacation and you stayed on the program, stayed moving forward. Like it was like, okay, owner's gone, but I got shit to do, which is impressive because nobody made you stay up with the program because your, your boss technically was gone and the results you've gotten in the company are, are, are amazing. So talk a little bit about what it means to be the role of implementer, anything that I left out because I need restaurant owners who really want to make change in their business, understand that they're not the ones who are going to do it. They need to lead it, but you need somebody who gets shit done. Talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, the way that I run at least the store in New Braunfels, cause that's the one that I have the most control over is I run that store as if it were my own. I've told um, Barrett that I've told Kent that, which he's the main owner. He's the father. Yep. And then uh, Eric, who's usually my direct supervisor, he's one of the owner operators and the director of operations. You know, I've, I've told them that before. Hopefully they see that based off of the actions that I take in the store on a daily basis. But I think that's probably one of the biggest things is I try to take ownership and the responsibilities that I have in the day to day operations of that store. So if something goes wrong, it's a reflection on me. If something goes right, it's a reflection on me. If my staff isn't trained properly, it's a reflection on me. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that was my driver is I want to see how our store is doing. I want to make sure that, you know, we're the best that we could possibly do, possibly be. Um, that's the way that I kind of approached it. So I didn't need somebody standing over my shoulder telling me like, hey, we need to make sure that we're doing this. It's no, I want to know. I want to know that this is where we need to be. I want to know that I can do these numbers. I want to know that, you know, I'm as profitable as we can be, because if I am, then there's, there's more that I can strive for to do, you know, helping the other stores or, or getting things in line to where our store is just functioning, where 
even I don't have to look at it sometimes. You know, a well-run store should kind of run on its own at a certain point where you don't have to stand over everybody's shoulders and make sure that they're portioning things properly or that they're helping the guests as soon as they walk in. You know, a well-functioned store should at a certain point, you know, function with minimal oversight. I mean, you still need to double check, make sure things are doing what they need to do. Um, but that was my main goal is I want to make sure that all these things are done. And now that we've been through your program, like I got to go to Vegas for a week and hang out with you guys, do the two day seminar. And I come back and I literally just have to copy and paste what I need into our, our checkbook guardian. Um, you know, everything was in the, the DSR was filled out. The restaurant invoice tracker was filled out. I don't have to worry about it because I've got those habits in place now for the, for the other members of my management team. So I, I think we can agree on this, that you're not a atypical restaurant manager. Like you're, you would be what I call cream of the crop. I, I often said, you know, when I came up the career, I, I thought I was God's gift to restaurant management. I truly did. I'm like, nobody can outwork me, so on and so forth. But it took me a long time to learn to delegate. It took me a long time to learn that it doesn't matter how good I am if I'm everybody's bitch, if I'm the one bussing tables and I'm the one doing all the different things just to make sure that the restaurant ran properly. You learned that lesson a lot earlier than I did. And talk a little bit about sharing the, the systems and the information that you learn in the program with your management team and now with other stores, because you've been given the opportunity to go play with the other stores and say, what I've done in this store, we're doing in yours and yours and yours. Talk a little bit about that. Right. So delegating is probably one of the biggest things that you need to learn as a restaurant owner and a restaurant manager. Um, it hands down, that's going to probably free up 90% of your time. And I guarantee you that any of the member mentors that I've talked to um, would probably say the exact same thing. Um, if you can delegate other tasks to specific people that you think are going to do a good job, it's going to take a hundred different things off your plate. Um, I know I had a manager that came to me recently um, within the last three months and he was like, man, I just feel like like I had said in, in the beginning of the interview, that I, I kind of feel like I'm not doing anything. Is there anything I can help you with because you're doing this program, you're, you're implementing all these changes, is there anything I can do? And I said, your schedule change, you're, you're gonna take over the employee schedule and your training starts tomorrow. So let's get it done, let's go. Um, and that freed me up, you know, that gives me time to focus on implementing these, these changes that we're making to each and every store um, I've gotten to go to a couple different festivals that I haven't gotten to go to before. Granted, I was working the pit, but you know, I was having a blast doing it. And I get to do that now because my team back at the store that supports me, they are on board with the entire program. It's, hey, we need to make sure this is inputted right. Hey, we need to make sure that everything's filled out on the DSR. What's going on with, you know, why are we over short? Why are we why are we this? Why are we that? And there's a line of communication that, you know, we've always kind of had that line of communication, but now we're going in a direction with it. It's not just like, oh, okay, well, I don't know why there was $5 missing from that drawer. Let's figure it out. Now it's, we know it was here. It was there. You know, we had a paid out that got put in and we can, we can track all that stuff. And I, being able to take things off of my plate has allowed me to go help our San Marcos store, our Lockhart store. I mean, I'm in Lockhart right now. 
So I don't have to worry about my store because everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And that's powerful. And I think here's kind of the thing. I believe that this worked for you so well. A part of it goes all the way back to Kent. So Kent's dad, Kent is third generation, third Yes. Trying to think, this the thing, third generation in this restaurant with with the fourth generation being Barrett, but from handed down from one generation to the other, starting now with Kent, the care of caring about your employees, becoming an employer of choice, the care about the guest, the care about the the product quality, far outweighed any of the numbers, far outweighed any of the systems or anything like that and really came from a position of we're going to run a gosh darn good business. We're going to take care of our people and we're all going to we're all going to do well with it. And what's interesting is now with Barrett coming in following the same set of core values which translates to the two of them over you and and what your you know your business that you're running, you didn't get a lot of pushback where a lot of restaurants get pushback. Oh, I can't believe we got to do this work. Now, it didn't mean you didn't have some people with a little uh, you know healthy skepticism of why we need to do this, why so on and so forth. But you really got everybody on board. They embraced it and made the change. Share with us a little bit what I might be missing, but I mean, that really is, it's about the company culture, starting with Kent, then Barrett with you continuing that. Your culture is really strong, yes? Yeah, no, our, our culture is probably... When I walked into when I walked into the company, it was it was a definitely a breath of fresh air. Working for a family-owned restaurant, especially one that's been around for a very long time, versus working for a chain restaurant like I've come from in the past, uh, that corporate-style structure was very different. Um, yes, there was a little bit of um, change because I was so used to having to check in with an area manager all the time. To you know we would check in with Eric or Barrett or Kent every couple of days. We'd have a weekly management conference call, but really other than that, you were kind of left to your own devices on just making sure that you were taking care of the staff, the customers and the store. Um, I know when Kent talked to me, his first five rules were just don't burn the store down. Um, that was his first five <laughs> just rules. Don't After burn that, the store down. That is five rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was his first five rules. And other than that, it was like, just make sure you're taking care of the guests, make sure you're taking care of the, the employees. Right. Um, and they're still like that. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times he's walking through the dining room and he sees a customer that's celebrating a special occasion and gives them a shirt, gives them a hat. That's great. We had all that stuff taken care of, you know, the, the culture was, was fantastic. And yeah. now that we're starting to implement these, these policies and these procedures for the management stuff, you know, the management culture changing a little bit because there's a little bit more ownership in, in how your store is doing, uh, you know, you talked about pushback a little bit and there was some pushback with some of the, some of the stuff we've implemented. I know Jolt was probably one of the biggest ones that I got pushback from the staff. But at the same time, you know, the way we went about implementing Jolt was kind of the way you talk about in your program where it's like, you know, give, give the checklist to one of your top employees that opens, make them make the checklist for the closing, but the closing staff, which whatever position it is, yeah. and then do the same thing for your best closer. Give them a list that, you know, the mid shift needs to take care of before they leave for the day. 
So when they would come to me and they would complain and they're like, well, why do we have to do this on this checklist? And it's like, I don't know. You created it. You tell me, why did you put it on there? But I, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, making sure that everybody has some sort of ownership in the program, whether it's the staff or whether it's the management team, that's your biggest kicker. I will say I have had to have a couple conversations that weren't so fun, but so far everybody's hung on. You know, we had a we had a cashier that was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, well, you can either not do it or I don't need you. It's yeah. that simple. Like we will function without you just fine. Like, I, I don't know why you're having such an attitude. You haven't even tried it yet. Just yeah. try it. And now she does all of her checklists. It, I mean, she decided that her job was more important than standing up for whatever she thought these checklists were going to be. You know, um, we did have one manager push back on these these um, softwares that we're implementing with you. You know, yep. these, these checklists and these the DSR and the Checkbook Guardian. Um, and he was like, well, you know, why are we doing this? Don't we have an accounting team? Don't we have this? Don't we have that? And it's like, well, by the time you get your P&Ls for the month, it's already too late. Yeah. So instead of being reactive, we need to be proactive. And that's what this program is going to help us do. Uh, I just made my heart sing. You're, you're, you're speaking my <laughs> language, brother. Do me a favor. Talk a little bit about what it's like to go through the program from the group coaching calls to getting homework in and meeting with a member mentor. How did that help? What were the things you liked about it? So the program's pretty easy. Uh, one of the things I forgot to tell you whenever we were going through background is uh, I actually have a business degree from the Texas State University. Um, so I do have a four-year bachelor's degree and it was basically like I was in school again. Uh, but it was like I was taking a class specifically for restaurant majors. That's yeah. how I looked at it. Um, you know, you would click on your click on your videos, go through the presentation, which was basically a lecture. Um, of course, it had you know, hey, these are how tos on how to do these spreadsheets. So it was nice to be able to refer back to those once we were starting to implement them. Be like, okay, well, this isn't quite adding up right. What am I doing wrong? Let's go back. Let's watch the video. Let's see. Let's troubleshoot. And that really helped. Um, one of the things that I'm kind of a visual learner, but I'm also more of a hands-on learner. Yep. So me being able to go through, actually play with the spreadsheets and then go back and reference what questions I did have from the videos was extremely helpful. Um, getting to meet the member mentors was actually really cool. Ours was John Dempster, shout out to John. Um, you know, him being able to help get us through the program was beneficial in a sense where I could help keep Barrett on track um, because he does get into that, hey, shiny, look over here, let's go do that, yep. which is great. That's how you come up with some of the coolest things that you do in your restaurant, but it's not very good for finishing projects. Right. Um, so I would be able to tell John, I'd log in a few minutes early, tell John what we were working on for the week, tell him where I'm at for the week. And then when Barrett would hop on, he's like, hey, what are you doing? You need to catch up. Where are we at? You know, what are we doing? And I know, you know, John very well, and you know, he's, he's able to keep people on track. And yeah. I think that was probably one of the most helpful parts of having the member, the member mentor part of it. What do you, what do you think um, about the, the coaching? Group coaching? Calls, yeah. Yeah. As far as the coaching calls go, that is actually pretty neat 
to see. And I, I could see that being really important from an owner's standpoint because, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, there's other people that are going through exactly what you thought you just went through. Yeah. You know, granted, aside from some of the employee issues, because everybody's labor laws are different in each state, um, when it comes to actually functioning in the restaurant, that's really helpful because everybody's kind of going through the same thing. You know, uh, we just had a call with Toast. Um, actually, that's why I'm here in Lockhart right now is we're actually looking at some of the Toast's hardware. Um, and we're going through that right now. And every just about everybody on the member mentor calls or the coaching calls, I'm sorry, um, have Toast. And that was probably one of the things that we pulled from it is everybody talked about how awesome it was. And we're using a system where it's kind of not being utilized at its fullest potential because the user interface isn't really that great. Yeah. You know, so we were able to listen, hear what everybody else was saying about their systems, hear the pros, hear the cons. And we were able to make a decision on, you know, what we wanted to do moving forward. So that was actually really cool. That's awesome. And it is amazing. I think toast is the fastest growing restaurant technology company I've ever seen in my life. Like they are ruling the world. There's probably eight out of 10 members use Toast or switch to Toast. It is just amazing. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what some of the first changes that you put in place and what the results you saw. Like when did it start to click and, and, and you go, man, this shit works. So the first one that we implemented was Joel. And I hit my staff and my other management team with an absolute sledgehammer. Cause I was like, hey, I just got my hands on the system starting tomorrow. We're doing it like there was no dipping your toe into it. We jumped right in, which that's probably why I got a little bit of pushback from my staff is because they were like, whoa, what the hell's this? Like, we've never done this before. What's going on? But we went into it running with Jolt. The one thing that I noticed right off the bat was the store was cleaner. Things were getting done. I didn't have to remind people um, to do specific things. And the way that I did Jolt was I did it the opposite. So I know a lot of people, especially on the coaching call, they do like the check marks first. And then if you're not doing the check marks, then they start adding the photos. And if you're not doing the photos, then they start adding the QR codes. I did it the opposite. I was like, prove to me that you can do these, take your photos, scan your QR codes, and then I'll start reducing it to just check marks because I know that you're going to do it. But I'm going to go gung ho on it first and you're going to prove to me that you can actually do it. And it worked like it, we got a we got a health inspection ended up scoring a 100 out of 100 on it which wow. was awesome yeah um but the store is clean eric um who is our direct supervisor over in new braunfels he comes in and he hardly has to tell us like hey you know why aren't they scrubbing the front porches why aren't they doing this why aren't they doing that and it's like well it's already done it's on their checklist they should be doing it automatically And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm trying to get implemented in some of the other stores. So that way they can start seeing like, oh, okay, this works. Oh, okay, this is good. So so what's the benefit to you? Let's say it's all clean and whatever, but what does it mean to you and your managers that this is all getting done? Well, it's less, I, I don't have to babysit. It's, it's getting done. Like I don't have to go around and hold somebody's hand. I can sit there and talk to a vendor on the phone. I can go over there and, you know, make sure that everything came in, came in on my Cisco order. 
I don't have to sit there and listen to one of the owners bitch and complain because something didn't get done. And I know that it's getting done. And guess what? If it didn't get done, I know who I can hold accountable for it. And that's probably our biggest thing is like, hey, if you're not doing this, we know who's not doing it. We can see. We're not stupid. Like, I, I know who's doing the checklists. I know who's not doing the checklist. So if you're not doing it, guess what? You're going to be having a conversation with me at some point. What's it like now with the extra work? Like you said in the beginning, you kind of came in and well, felt like you needed, you wanted to do more. You tried to invent some things uh, that you weren't quite as engaged to paraphrase, engaged with the business. You were engaged with the employees. You were engaged with the, you know, day-to-day -day operations, but the business side of things, you weren't quite there. Now putting these systems in place, I've created work for you and your team, like work that was never done before. I've made it so that you guys know your numbers. What has that been like? Like, does it feel overwhelming now or does it become second nature? It was just when it was new, it was a little challenging, a little uncomfortable. And now it's just like breathing or, or is it still, holy shit, I've got all this work. So I will say at first, once we were setting all these systems up, it was a lot of legwork in the beginning. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff, especially when, you know, you mentioned our other implementer, Jacob, you know, bless his heart. He had to deal with staff shortages at the very beginning. Right. Like he was running around crazy because he was the one that had to run that store day in and day out because he didn't have staff. I was lucky that I had a management team already behind me that would allow me to take the time to set these up. But it was a lot of legwork in the beginning. You have to make sure that you know how the systems function. You have to make sure you're pulling the proper information. One of the things that really set us back was um, our point of sale system. It Things just weren't categorized properly. Um, instead of having, you know, food in a Bev, bottled beer, merchandise, it was brisket, beef rib, sausage, chicken. Like each thing was its own individual classification and category. So you weren't going to get the proper numbers, you were going to have to do a lot of math with it. So I had to go through, change all of that stuff, classify it properly, get everything set up to where the accounting codes matched. So it was a lot of legwork. But yeah. now that I know what I'm looking for, once I go to these next stores, it's like, oh, okay, I've done this before. This is this, this is that, this is this. I can pull those reports, see what's classified improperly, fix them and then plug them into the DSR and they work. Um, so once you get past that initial stage of, geez, this is a lot of legwork to, to get this up and running, it becomes second nature. It becomes a habit. It's like, okay, this was done. This was done. This was done. Cool. Now I just need to copy and paste into my checkbook guardian and we're good to go. Um, I think that was pro that was probably the hardest part was getting started. But then once you get past that, it gets way easier. That's awesome. And, and does your, as your management team think about it anymore either, or is it just kind of the way you do things? No, it's just the way we do things now. It's, uh, you know, we, we bring our checklist or we bring our uh, invoices in, put them into the system. We stamp them, put them in our box that goes to the accounting department, plug all the numbers into the DSR and it's done. Great. It's either done that night when you leave, or it's done that morning when you come in. It's, it's just second nature. Like I said, I, I went to Vegas for a week and I didn't have to worry about it. It was all done when I got back. Well, and, and that, what's really awesome about that is Barrett was with you. And so, you know, yeah. you sit there, I, I know Kent's around and, and, and what have you, and 
but nobody has to babysit because you've got the systems. You're imposing your will without without being there. You could go on your phone and see where the jolt checklist on. You could go online and see that the DSR tracker was done if you needed to double check. Like it's it's having that that awareness to know that people know what they're doing. And I don't have to be there to hold their hand. I could be there to answer a question, but they know what they're doing and I can count on them. And I think for the most part, again, it takes you from being a babysitter of the idiots. And I, I don't mean our employees are idiots, but it's often what people say. It's like, I can't believe, I can't believe because they didn't spend the time training them. They don't have the systems in place. They don't have a good you know, uh, culture in their business and so on. So they create idiots. They're not, they didn't come to you that way. But it's where we feel like I'm just babysitting. I'm just telling people what to do every single day. Well, you go from 80 times a day telling them to when you have the systems in place to 10, but you're always going to have to tell them that's our job. And, and always. it just, it should become more rewarding because now you can sit at a meeting and look at where your prime cost is. And you can say, I know why my labor cost was high. And this is what I'm going to do to change it in the next three weeks. I know I food cost was, was high. This is what we're doing to combat it. Like you're learning how to run a business and I think it becomes so much more fulfilling than just showing up every day and being a glorified line employee, if you will. Oh no, a hundred percent. I agree with that completely. What were some of the unexpected changes for you personally? You come through the program, like I didn't expect that to be a, a you know, a change or a benefit. Was there anything like that for you? Um, an unexpected change or benefit. Um, one thing that I guess changed for me personally is I've actually gotten to tag along on a lot of different projects now um, that I don't know if I would have gotten the opportunity to be a part of had Barrett and Kent and Eric not seen the way that I work during, you know, these kind of situations. Um, you know, I've gotten to be privy to some information that most management members don't really get to know about. Um, I've gotten to see some projects that we've got coming down the pipeline that are actually really cool. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about them or not yet. Well, don't, don't need to. <laughs> um, yeah, don't need to. Uh, but that was probably one of the coolest things for me is, you know, I've always wanted to be that guy, um, that guy that the ownership is able to go to, ask an opinion, and, you know, they actually value what it is that I'm telling them. And and now I've gotten to see that, hey, that that's, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, I've gotten to go to these things. I've gotten to go to Vegas and meet you and, and go to that seminar. I've gotten to go see some projects we got working. And that's what I've always wanted. That's where I'm at right now. And hopefully there's a lot more to come. So we'll see. And you're, you've been given more responsibility. Like you're literally taking what you learned here and you're going to other stores and, and helping implement there, which is a positive negative. The, the positive is, man, you're, you're, you're valuable to the company. You've done a great job high expectations you can do it there. The negative is for that, you know, that store to go, why does somebody from another store come into my store? And, you know, in meeting you all at, at Vegas or a group of them from the other store, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but it can be, it can bruise, it can bruise egos. Like what I've been running the store for a long time. Why is this other guy coming in and telling me what to do when it's really to make your life easier? And, and again, uh, that goes back to culture. A hundred percent. But, you know, if you're going to be in that situation as an implementer, you just have to let them know, like, hey, I'm just here in a training role. Like, I'm just here to help you, which yeah. I've had to do that. I've had to have that conversation, which I'm just here to help. I'm not here to get anybody in trouble. Yeah. Like, we're just here to make things easier. We're here to make sure that we know where the money's going. 
um, not like the deposit money, but like just the money that the business brings in. I mean, you're constantly bringing money in and sending money out with your invoices. So, and it's important to know where that stuff's going, Yeah, you know? And, and I think that was probably, that was probably the biggest thing is letting people know that I'm just here to help. Like, I'm not trying to, not trying to get anybody in trouble. I'm just here to help. And that's what makes you a good leader. It's, it's, you don't look to bring, put people down and say, look, I know how to do this. You're going to listen. It's you, everything that I've observed is you bring everybody up around you. You, your goal is not to be the guy. It's to be, have a team around you that kicks ass. And I think that translates in everything that you do. Do me a favor. What is life like for you now? You're, you're end of the program. You've spent a good six months implementing. You still have years of work to do as you learned at the seminar. Um, what's life like for you now? Well, at work, it's real easy. I mean, I'm, I'm back to that easy stage. I mean, we've got a lot more projects that I'm working on. So it's difficult in some aspects with time management because I've got things that I'm cooking over here and things that I'm cooking over there. Like I've got to start helping get these other stores up and running. But when it comes to my store, I don't have to worry about it. Everything's there. I can see where my food costs are at. I can see where my beverage costs are at. I know that I'm working within the parameters that I've been given and I'm doing everything that I can. As long as hot food's hot, cold food's cold, the store looks great, the customers are being taken care of. I know that the management staff is doing what they're supposed to and it's easy. Life is good again. At home, now I don't have to worry about as many text messages. I don't have to worry about the emails. I don't have to worry about that. That's all stuff that I can get to tomorrow because chances are it's a small question that can be looked up on one of these systems or you know, it's a one-off situation where it's like, Hey, somebody called in for a donation and we just haven't talked to this person before, you know, that's, that's the only thing that I'm looking at now. So it, it, it's a lot of work up front. Eventually it gets easier and then it translates into your home life where it, it just gets easier. You don't have to worry about it anymore. That's awesome. Because often, you know, I talk about restaurant prosperity, which is freedom for your restaurant and the financial freedom you deserve. It is geared 99% towards an owner in that message. But I always talk about it translates to you as a manager because you get to have a life too. You, when you've got other people who can do, when you've delegated tasks, when they've learned the system, they don't have to text you, where's the plunger? You've enabled them to, empowered them, if you will, to think that you don't answer every question. And I think that's, that's, really a powerful benefit for anybody listening. It doesn't matter if you're an owner or you're a manager, you got to have a life. And by putting the systems in place, doing the hard work, you get a life. Do me a favor. What would you tell somebody thinking about joining my program? That's, that's a hard one. Uh, cause it's, there's a lot of benefits to joining your program if you have very little or limited experience in the restaurant industry, you know, one of the things that we were fortunate of as a company was that we've been around for 90 plus years. Yep. So we already had the foundations of hot food, hot, cold food, cold, good food. Customers knew who we were. We've got the volume. Now it's let's tighten it up. But I can understand where people who just now come into your program or just now learn about who you are, are hesitant. And they may think that, Hey, we've survived this long doing what we're doing. We, we could probably survive another, you know, six months to a year or, you know, Hey, this guy probably doesn't know what he's talking about. It's probably a fly by night dude. 
but you're not. You, all these systems that you have are systems that a lot of these very successful chain restaurants use. And what I would tell a mom and pop restaurant that is looking to join your program is, you know, do you want to be successful? Do you want to do the same things that those larger restaurants do that make them successful? Because I, mean, I know you know as well as I do that those chain restaurants can go through people like nobody's business, but the systems stay the same. Right. You know, if you're a mom and pop restaurant, that manager that you have may be your downfall. If, if they leave, if they stay, who knows? But if you put those systems in place where you can get rid of that person it, or if they leave or if they find something better, because it's not always a bad thing that they leave, you know, you still have the capability to show somebody else the exact same systems and they continue in perpetuity. That's probably the biggest thing that I would tell somebody is if you want your legacy to live on, you need to have these systems in place so that way it can. Very well said. Uh, that is, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna listen to us afterwards. I'm gonna steal it. It's gonna come out of my mouth. That's good shit. Go right ahead. You're more than welcome to have it. <laughs> Brandon, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and share the story. Uh, do me a favor. Last thing. Is there a, you know, anything that you want to, that we didn't talk about, you want to share a, a favorite quote, a book, a something or anything about the program? This is your time. What would that be? Absolutely. So one of the things that I think we, we, need to touch on is because I'm sure this happens quite a bit and I'm sure you've seen this happen quite a bit is implementers and owners need to have an open line of communication. One of the things that I've always said when I first started working for any company was that not every time am I going to tell you something that you want to hear, I may tell you something that you need to hear. And owners and implementers need to have those sometimes hard conversations but implementers especially need to know how to have those conversations properly without sounding disrespectful yeah. or without sounding critical. Um, and owners need to be able to be receptive to those conversations. You know, one of the things that I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, Barrett and I had a conversation the other day about, you know, well, what do we do now that we have these programs in place? Like, what does the end of the month look like? Because Without him asking me to, I've been sending him a monthly report on our DSR and our checkbook guardian. I copy them, put them in a separate Excel sheet, and I send them to him. And he wanted to implement that as like a monthly thing that we do, which I'm like, fine, that's great. And he's like, well, now how do you send that to me on a weekly basis? And I said, whoa, hang on now. You need to learn how to log in and look at those things so that way you know what's going on on a weekly basis. That needs to be something that you do. Yeah. But... I know that not all implementers are going to be able to have those conversations because maybe they're scared of how their owners are going to react. Maybe they do have a reactionary owner or maybe they just never tried. And that owner would really appreciate somebody telling them something, something that they need to hear versus something that they want to hear. You know, as long as all of your restaurant stuff is good, maybe, maybe there are some policies and procedures that can change. You just need to know that they need to change. Like we always say, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that stuck with me the most through school was I had this professor and I forget his name, but he said, once you finish graduating with your bachelor's degree, don't be afraid to speak up because there's going to be people that have been in the industry for years that don't know some of the newer things that are coming out. So something that may be common knowledge to you, maybe something revolutionary to somebody else. Yep. 
And it's important to let people know like, hey, this may be a better way of doing things or this may be the direction that we need to go. And maybe they've never thought of that before. So that's what that's one of the things I think we we might need to spend a little bit of time on is is the conversations between implementers and owners. That's great. I think it's great advice. Uh, I like to think that because the owners who join my program are growth mindset, that it shouldn't be that scary, but it is a brand new skill. For many of them, they don't have that right-hand person to begin with, to have that open communication. So I think that's excellent, excellent advice. And whether you're in my program or not, if you're a restaurant manager, you need to have that conversation. You need to be able to talk with, with the owner. With that said, I will only give one piece of advice on that is if at some point in time you get enough pushback from the owner, we got to learn to go, it's their restaurant. They make the call. I, I made my case, but don't push it any further than that. <laughs> 100%. There's that time and place. You got to yeah. learn. You got to be able to know where that time and place is. And it's like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to push on that one uh, anymore. I was that guy. I knew. I'm just like you, brother. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this, Brandon. I think it was great stuff. On it, and I know this is going to help people. And I look forward to seeing what, uh, what goes on your next chapter with Black's Barbecue. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I wanna thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I wanna give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews, and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass. <laughs>